You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Entertainment Network. The views and opinions expressed on this episode are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views, opinions, or philosophies of the PFC Entertainment Network or any of the affiliates that make this show possible. This show has also been rated M for mature audiences only. Uh, We are going to uh, tackle a genre of sorts. But you and I didn't have any clue what the hell we were going to do. We're going to talk about movies, we're going to talk about TV shows, we're going to talk about toys, we're going to talk about, you know, all the things that made this such such an important part. I love toys. I'm Jason Klaus. I'm Sean Grugel. And we are power tripping the 80s here on the pfc podcast network powered by anchor.fm hello everybody welcome to power tripping through the 80s here on the pfc entertainment network powered or powered by us <laughs> see i'm <laughs> kind of old school there uh i'm jason klaus being joined by sean grugel as always, and um, we got a lot to we have a lot to unpack here this week, pal. Uh, you know, well, first of all, this- congratulations on a successful beach party at Backroads last night. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, that was going to be my my first uh, order of business here this week, as I wanted to to touch on that. Uh, Kristen Watt came in and sat in your seat, and she did a phenomenal job. And, and uh, probably I, looked a whole lot better than me doing it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to, uh, you know, start out and I'm glad you brought it up because I wanted to start the show out this week by talking about that. Um, yeah, man, like it started out a little rocky. I mean, there was only, you know, less than a dozen people in back roads when we got started. But by the time we got to about the halfway point, uh, more people showed up. Those who showed up showed up in uh, costume and in rare form. Um, Mr. Wallbanger. <laughs> Harvey Wallbanger. Let me tell you something. I had n- never had a conversation with him. And one of Kristen's breaks, she sent him over to our broadcast position up on stage at Backroads. And he sat down, and it was the first time I had actually talked to the man. And like I was during the course of that very short conversation, I was just so impressed with who he is as an individual. And like, he, dude, he came in wearing these bikini things and he had this like inner tube blow up thing around him and had this wig with the ponytails like he went all out. And I'm thinking, you know, he did it when we when we did the 90s thing, he was you know, all dressed up for the 80s party that we did. I'm like, this is a guy that 
just wants to have a good time. And I was so impressed with him. And I don't, you, you know me as well as anybody. I don't impress easy. But, like, I had a very enjoyable conversation with him. When you look up the definition of the term free spirit, you will find a picture of Harvey Wallbanger. That guy is probably one of the most down-to-earth, you know, as the kids would say back in the 90s, probably one of the chillest guys you'll ever meet. I mean, he is just, if there's ever a dude you wanted to hang out with, whether it was maybe to, uh-oh, let's get controversial here, maybe blow smoke with, or maybe uh, go ride motorcycles with, or just hang out and drink, Harvey Wallbanger is the guy you want to hang out with. He is just one of the, he is a top-notch, first-class guy all the way around. Certainly was, and uh, like I said, he... Uh... He made an indelible first impression on me, and uh, I was very happy to have that opportunity to talk with him. You'll be able to hear that conversation in a special bonus episode from the content that we recorded from the beach party, and by and large, it was another slam dunk, and Gary's, a you know, I got a message from Gary this morning. He was extremely happy with it. And, uh, you know, owner of Backroads, one of the owners of Backroads. Um, I also want, want to give a quick shout out to Kayla, who was working behind the bar and was on top of her game last night. As, as you know, everybody was. But, like, I deal, I, I seek her out because, well, I trust her. I know her. She, you know, she takes care of me. So, I'm. I made, I wanted to make sure I, I gave her a shout out as well. But by and large, man, you know, another successful live podcast event. And, uh, you know, we'll see what what happens as we move on through the summer here. Well, I know there was talk of a boot scooting 80s country party at one point in time. So I wouldn't be horribly uh, opposed to something like that. No, certainly not. I got a cowboy hat. I got boots here. Like I'm, I'm ready to roll. I mean, if that's if that's going to be our next theme, in, in, if that is the case, you know who's going to be the the one that benefits, you know, from that the most. It's going to be King uh, King Richard. <laughs> King, uh, <laughs> King Richard, Sharon, yeah, um, uh, Terry Monette. Uh, they don't got a nickname for her yet, but uh, and uh, Eagle. Eagle, I mean, they all love singing country songs. So, me, on the other hand, uh, I don't know. Uh, the family tradition is about as far as I go with country. So, why do you drink? Get drunk. <laughs> why do you blow smoke? To hang out with Harvey. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. You know, I probably wouldn't have been in the greatest of moods uh, yesterday anyway with everything that's transpired this last week, you know? We're going to... I'm glad you brought that up because um, obviously if you've been paying attention to the news on, on any realm of media, social or otherwise, uh, you've been kind of keep, keeping up with this um, the implosion of Titan. And now Amy Sheridan and I recorded the real podcast for this past Saturday's drop. And she came into the studio 
with a with another topic in mind and i just wanted to get her her you know her two cents in on this and this wound up becoming the entire episode you know part partly because of how i feel about it partly because of how she feels she didn't really understand a whole lot as to the specifics as to what was happening so as i was explaining to her based on news reports and things of this nature that i was looking up but as we were talking about this on the other side of my brain. I'm thinking, I really want to hear Sean's opinion on this because it, you know, the Titanic has been something that has been of great interest to you. And with this tragedy, Titanic is in this case, like the backdrop from it. And I wanted your opinion of it. And a little bit of, before we came on here, we did a little bit of crosstalk. And like, I feel like you have some pretty strong opinions. You've heard my opinions. I, I had put it on TikTok. I had, uh, I had, I went, I did a deep dive on it on the real podcast. So with all that being said, man, what's your take on all this? Um, well, first of all, you're right. I've been studying the Titanic since I was like 12 years old. Uh, you know, I'm 48 now, so I've been studying the Titanic for 36 years. Uh, it's something that I hold very near and dear to my heart, and you've seen it. I actually had a shrine, a yeah. monument, if you will, built to the Titanic in my home. I have an uh, actual teacup and saucer uh, from the Titanic. I have numerous news articles, this, that, and the other. Uh, first of all, I've said it, you've said it, we've said it on multiple podcasts, social media is the devil. Um the opinions, the pictures, the expressions, the total uh, lack of any type of respect for human life. Uh, people really showed their true colors this last week. Uh, and I could really, really rant on, you know, a lot of this stuff, but it was all because these people had money and people don't like the way they spent their money. What fucking business is it of yours or mine what these people spend their money on? Because they were rich and they wanted to go down and see the Titanic. If you have a passion, if you, if you had the opportunity to have dinner with Hulk Hogan for 10 grand, you're going to do everything you can to come up with that 10 grand to have dinner with Hulk Hogan. I know you. Or Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Undertaker. You know, if you have a passion for cars and you have an opportunity to buy a DeLorean, you're going to do everything you can to get that money for that DeLorean. I have a passion for the Titanic. If I had an extra 250K lying around it, I could just, there you go, and let's go down to the Titanic. Absolutely. That's something I want to do because it's something I'm passionate about. To make fun of these people because they have a passion for something is not only disrespectful, but wrong on the, uh, the human level. I, I, I mean, it's inhuman to think that a person could give such a shit about another person's life because they were doing something that was passionate to them really shows the dark side of human emotion. And I, I'm personally disgusted with the, the numerous memes and jokes and pictures uh, about this. I, I seen one picture where it showed a picture of Joe Biden in the Titan. Yeah. And it said, only if. Yeah. Only if what? I'm disgusted by it. I, these people, 
I knew Monday. I, I, I followed James Cameron, okay? James Cameron put it out there that he knew on Monday. Once James Cameron knew on Monday, I knew on Monday because he's one of the smartest men you're ever going to meet when it comes to diving and diving the Titanic. You know, I, I, I was watching a meme, not a meme, a, a TikTok. A guy was explaining what happened to these people. Understand that they weren't in pain when they went. They don't even know what happened because it was like nanoseconds how this implosion happened. It's amazing to sit there and think about and disgusting at the same time. When James Cameron heard that they lost uh, the sonar, okay, the, the detection, and they heard a pop, he knew immediately what happened because when it comes to uh, the tracker, okay, the I, I don't know the proper name for it right now because I'm fired up. But it, when it came for them, when they were tracking the sub, that is in its own containment unit separate from the sub itself when you lost communication and you lost the tracking immediately something catastrophic happened and it was the implosion essentially it was the pressure from the ocean that basically cried like you could take a tin can okay go take a pop can go boil that son of a bitch let it get red hot and then put it in a pot of ice water and watch what happens to it in seconds, it'll shrink right up. What happened in the Titan was similar to a tube of toothpaste in a metal press. You're talking over 6,000 pounds per square inch was put on these people. They're, they're, they're never going to be found. There's nothing left of them. People have lost friends and fathers and children. And people are making fun of this. And there's going to be no resolution because they're never going to be found. Uh, and the reason why that is, is I got, I, I'm so fired up right now. I'm sorry. No, um, no apologies needed. In the sub, there's an air bubble. Okay. And just like with friction, when it compresses, it gets superheated. You're talking as hot as the sun. Okay. So when this thing compressed, it was in nanoseconds. There wasn't time for the nerve endings to even register to the brain that they were in pain. That's how quick this happened. And then because of the air being superheated, it basically just dissolved these people's bodies. These families aren't even going to have a chance to look over the remains of their loved ones. And we are making fun of these people because they had a passion for something. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't it's? I don't understand people. They. Uh, <clears throat> what happened this past week, and the reaction to it, and this is why I got fired up. You know, and like I had put something up on TikTok about it and uh, a gentleman commented and he said I, I don't know how to say this without upsetting you but this did not happen this is um, a cover up because of President Biden's legal issues with his son and all this other shit because apparently that was going on at the same time as news was breaking of, of the implosion 
uh, I, I don't really give a fuck about what else was going on. I don't give a fuck about um, about politics at this point. The fact of the matter is, is that there is enough evidence to sustain the fact that this number one did happen. And like you're saying, and this is what fired me up initially about this, is I'm looking much like what you're saying and much like Amy and I talked about on Saturday was there are families with these huge voids now because their loved ones are gone. We can take some sort of solace in the fact that everything happened instantaneously. There was no pain. And, um, you know, Kristen Watt and I were talking a little bit about it when we were broadcasting from Backroads. And it's like, if you're going to go, you might as well do something that you're passionate about, you know. But at the same time, it takes events like these that you start to really see how people truly are. And because of some of these memes and just the level of insensitivity of it, I've deleted them. And I I don't give a shit if I ever correspond with them again. They are shit people. They have demonstrated that that they're shit people. Have a a sense of humor and all that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's fine. But we're talking about loss of life here. And if you make that into the butt of a joke, you suck at life. That's just my opinion. And I have and, no time in my life for people like this. And in my opinion, this is the right opinion to have. Um, you know, like I said, this is something I've been studying since I was like 11, 12 years old. We can talk, you know, all day about Titanic on here. I can run my own podcast series about Titanic, talking everything from the Titanic, the conspiracy theories, the Britannic, the Olympic. I could talk about the Carpathia. I could talk about Captain Ralston. I can talk about Captain Ed Smith. We could talk about Molly Brown. As you can see, I just rambled for no apparent reason other than I have a passion for this. I couldn't, I would love to have been a fly on the wall of the conversations that these people who had passion about the Titanic going down to see the Titanic had. I wouldn't want to hear the last five minutes before the implosion, but. I would have loved to heard the conversation up to and leading up to the implosion. You know what I'm saying? Just because these are people who I could have related to as far as that passion goes. I'm, I'm telling you, if I had 250K burning a hole in my pocket, you know, that I could afford to spend. And, and looking at it now, I guess as morbid as it's going to sound, but the amount of passion I have for it, there's no other way I would have wanted to go if I had that kind of money, you know? Right. So um, I'm sure more and more is going to come out. A lot's going to have to do with the build of the Titan. Uh, it was like a coiled steel. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that some of those coils came, became separated, you know, but I'm no... Uh, marine biologist or whatever. I can't explain all that stuff. But it's going to come out to where it was some sort of critical failure in the hole. And uh, that that's just my 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 opinion of it. Um, you know, I know another we, thing. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I know we have a, another topic, a, a much lighter topic to get into, but I really felt like I had to uh, 
you know, say something along the lines of, you know, um, my thoughts and feelings are with those families who've experienced this loss of life. And I'm, I'm very sorry that this happened, but, you know, maybe knowing that their family members had this kind of passion for it and they are where possibly they feel they need to be, you know? Yeah. They, uh, they now share their quote unquote resting place at a place that obviously was some sort of legitimate passion for them. Yep. Um, you know, one of the misconceptions that I've seen and you know, looking at all this stuff and it's not like I sought it out. It just, it kept popping up on my newsfeed. It kept popping up on my timeline. It kept, you know, everywhere I turned, there was something about this thing and I'm reading comments and look, I said on Saturday, the actual, um, mission for the lack of better term on the surface is absurd but it's not for me to judge like what you're saying these people had the means they had the the interest who are we to judge them for whatever the fuck they wanted to do to spend their money on this but my biggest one of my biggest issues was the amount of misinformation and they're like oh why would they attempt something like this? This is stupid. They're, they, you know, they set themselves up. They did this. Look, Titan was not the first vehicle to go down to Titanic. You talked about James Cameron. Now there are, you know, there are people on here that hear that name. They have no fucking idea who you're talking about. It's the director of the movie Titanic. Now in his preparation to make that movie, where the fuck did he go? Down to Titanic yep. several times. There's National Geographic specials and documentaries of his trips in in this whatever the fuck it was that he was in that went down there. And, you know, they scoped it out. They studied it. I mean, you could go back to 1985 when they first found the wreckage. You know, they sent down these rovers down there and holy shit, there, there she lays at the bottom of the fucking ocean. So it's not like this is the first time a vehicle has made an attempt to go down to Titanic. It's not uncharted territory. Well, you just had about two months ago, you had a, a rover go down there and take these new high definition pictures of the Titanic. You know, it's not impossible. When James Cameron went down, he was in a two man submersible. You know, and he also had uh, two robots with him. Uh, they called him Abbott and Costello. And, uh, you know, they did a lot of the exploring of the ship. Actually, there was two two ships and a lighting rig that went down. I don't know if Titan had a lighting rig with it or not, because I haven't looked too much into Titan. You know, I heard they were going to start doing trips here a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but without the lighting rig, I'm not exactly sure how they would have seen titanic anyway from what i hear the debris field that was left is only about 1200 uh, feet off the hull of the titanic currently mm-hmm. so um i don't know if there's going to be recovery efforts to get that hole or not because they you know they might disturb the wreckage of the titanic and let's face it the titanic is basically covered in rusticles to where it's starting to deteriorate to the point where it's not going to be there in our 10 15 years 
I mentioned um, that on Saturday, and that, again, that's something not a lot a, a lot of people are are aware of. Yeah, yeah, but it's not going to be there. Um, and I, I did hear one jackass talking about how they weren't even going to be able to look at the Titanic with their own eyes because there was no windows in the Titan. It was essentially a camera and a screen, and uh, that this doctor could have faked it. And, you know, everyone still could have been safe. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but that's not the point. You know, when you're out in the North Atlantic, it's the experience of being in the place where you knew history happened. Whether it's, you know, history that we don't want to necessarily reflect on, but it was history. If we go to the River Raisin Battlefield, we don't necessarily reflect on those deaths. We reflect on the battle. You know what I mean? Whereas me, I have gone through and I have studied different passengers of the Titanic and I have reflected on their deaths and, you know, this, that, and the other. And Oh, I just about knocked my microphone down. But when you have a passion for something and you, my God, you had to have passion. I mean, that one guy paid for his son to go down. So you're talking a half a million dollars. I don't I don't give a shit what anyone says. Half a million dollars, that's passion right there. You're not just going to drop a half a million dollars to drop a half a million dollars. Right. He had to get that half a million dollars somehow. He had to either work for it or, you know, inherit it to him or something. He had to do something to earn that money. And for him to spend it on something like that, he had to have passion in order to do that. Yeah, it's... uh. You know the situation itself is sad, and I and I don't know what's sadder, Sean, is it the situation itself, or a contingent of our population and the way they've reacted to it and turned this into a butt of a joke. Like I, I I'm torn. You know, I put up a fa- uh, Facebook post, I believe it was on Saturday, because I started seeing people making fun of it. And I, I said something on the order of, you know, uh, I can't say for sure. I can't speak for these people, whether they, you know, they were as passionate about this as I am. But for us to judge them for their passion is absurd. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know, man. I, I guess what's what what's life without being passionate about something? If you're not passionate about something, then life isn't worth living. That's it. So. I couldn't agree with that more. Uh, so we are obviously going to stay monitored to the the developments of this thing. And as more news and information comes out, you know, I'm sure I'll have my two cents about it. I'm sure you will too. So we'll, you know, we'll kind of, uh, you know, we'll stay tuned as it were, uh, in, in an effort to, um, appease our loyal and established fan base we do have a topic here this week and it is lighter and uh you know you you can't really make an easy transition from something so heavy that we've just spent the last 25 30 minutes talking about to where we're going but sure you can cal wasn't a villain he was the hero in the movie titanic and you can (laughs) listen to that argument by listening to levi blue the heat vent under the heading the titanic bitch but <laughs> but Cal was not the villain in that movie. 
Okay, there you go. There's your segue. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about villains because we are going to talk about the greatest villains in the movies of the 1980s. And, you know, as we're young, as we're kids, Sean, we're more, more or less, uh, we gravitate towards the heroes, the good guys, the baby faces, but most people. It's not until we get older that we have a better appreciation for the villains, the bad guys, the heels. Now, I use wrestling as an example here because as a kid, well, you know, I was red and yellow to my core, man. Everything was Hulk Hogan. As I got older and I, wa- and I went back and I watched a lot of older matches and shows I can pick up on the different nuances and what made guys like Big John Studd, the Iron Sheet, uh, Nikolai Volkov, like what made these guys as as an important as an important part as your Hulk Hogan's, your Ricky Steamboats, your Junkyard Dogs, your Andre the Giants. Um, so we do and this was actually pitched to us by one of our loyal listeners, Brian Ball. Shout out to Brian, who is camping this weekend, as a matter of fact. Um, We are going to look at some of the most iconic villains in movies of the 1980s. And would you believe, Mr. Grugel, got myself a goddamn list. Son of a bitch. Fire the door, Katie. Well, before you go to the list... When I say to you, 80s movie villain, movie villain, not wrestling villain, 80s movie villains, who is the first villain that pops in your head? Darth Vader. Okay, that that just sideswiped me, considering the fact that you are not a Star Wars sci-fi guy at all. Not at all. But he is the epitome of heel, is he not? No. <laughs> Billy Zabka is the very first name that pops in my head. Billy Zabka, aka Johnny Lawrence in the Karate Kid, aka the protagonist and just one of the guys, aka the protagonist and back to school with Rodney Dangerfield. And look at you sucking down that gentleman jacket. Oh, shit. Billy Zabka to me was the epitome of an 80s bad guy. Back in that bygone era. I can agree with you on that. I can agree with you on that. And I don't know why Vader is is the first one that popped. Probably because of of the gimmick. Head to toe black. Impressive looking helmet. Like he had all these powers. I know enough about Star Wars to know that he is the heel in Star Wars. Or that's from a novice point of view. It's Luke Skywalker, the white meat baby face. Darth Vader is the heel. Um, another one that comes to mind is Skeletor. But I mean, that's more of a cartoon, but I mean, they made a movie of Masters of the Universe. Frank Langella played a wonderful Skeletor. But like, it's that kind of gimmick that, for me, I'm like, well, clearly he is... He's the bad guy. He's the villain. Um, See, now we're doing this. I'm just going to go ahead and say most people, since I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan, 
would think that I would say Zool. Mm-hmm. But in reality, I would actually say Vigo the Carpathian is a bigger heel than Zool. And I love the Ghostbusters, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could throw Biff Cannon in there, too, if we're going to go down, you know. I'm Okay, listen, I, I have this list. I have not looked. <laughs> I have not looked at this list other because this is like the top 18, according to movieweb.com. They have comprised their own list. I can only see what comes in at 18. So as we're going through this, I'm seeing it, I swear to God, for the first time. Okay. All right. Number 18 is Lord Humongous from Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. No. No. I don't know, man. This fucking dude, like they have they have a picture of him. Straight up looks like a heel. Well, I, I mean, there was actually I, I don't remember who it was. I think it was the guy that played John Rambo, the wrestler, actually played Lord Humongous, the wrestler, at one point in time. And Lord Humongous is exactly that character that you see there. Okay. No, I I think we can come up with about 20 other villains before we go into that. I understand. Where where is Mad Max on on your radar in terms of impactful movie franchises? Because I'll be honest with you, like I saw Beyond Thunderdome. um, I was never really a Mad Max guy. All right. So... Much like we talked about last week with Rambo First Blood Part Mm 2, I did not realize that there was a Mad Max. I always thought it started off with Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Right. uh, Because that was just such a much better movie than the original Mad Max, I thought. And yes, totally on my radar, 110%. The new Mad Max movie that came out here a few years ago, not too bad. Uh, Verdi absolutely loves that one really Um, oh yeah yeah um but beyond thunderdome uh master blaster i would have said he was the biggest heel in that one versus uh tina turner's character you know um and actually that's a bigger heel than lord humongous as far as i'm concerned too right well i mean she may be on this list fuck i don't know oh well that's rock and roll number 17 number seven. From Child's Play. No. Listen, I, I am, I, I've made no bone. I am, I mean, I've watched several horror flicks. Child's Play resonates with me. I, this is one that I've watched multiple times because for what I mean, the, the concept of a doll becoming possessed and killing motherfuckers, like okay, that's original. You you have my my uh you have my attention here. But it did kind of freak me out. So the problem is with horror movies is when you're a fan of horror movies, the main character, much like a Freddy Krueger or a Jason Voorhees or a Chucky, they actually become the hero uh, in in a lot of these movies. Because if you think about Jason Voorhees, okay, he was uh a neglected, uh, uh, a, ne- a neglected camper that the counselors turned their back on, you know. So the counselors were actually the bad guys in this movie, if you really sure. think about it. 
uh, Freddy Krueger, while he was a bad guy, he did it with such panaz, such clash and uh, class and style that he became the hero of the movie. You wanted to see Freddy kill someone because you wanted to hear that one liner, you know. Right. Uh, so to me, horror movies shouldn't even be included in, in uh, villainous bad guys. But that's just me. Well, at 16 is another one. Uh, Pinhead from Hellraiser. <sighs> See, that's a, another one where, um, like, I love Pinhead. Uh-oh. Confusion has set over the face of Jason. Talk to I me, daddy looked at 15. I just looked at 15. Okay. Beetlejuice. He's a bad guy. Evidently. Which so, I can see, but I don't know. I just never triggered him as a fucking bad guy. That wouldn't, Beetlejuice. Wouldn't Ozone have been the bad guy in that one? Or, or Lydia Dietz? Yeah. You know, yeah, uh, she's a spoiled, spoiled fucking little little bitch. Yeah, <laughs> or even the sandworm, for God's sakes. Right, bigger heel than Beetlejuice. Okay, let's hear the rest of this fucked up list. Yeah, fourteen is the thing. I I don't even know what the hell this is. Um, thirteen is Alien Queen from Aliens in '86. Okay, I could see that. I yeah. could see that. Yeah. Um, oh, here we go. Number 12. And I don't know why this was, this was not my first answer when you asked me the quintessential heel of the 1980s. Coming in at number 12 is Ivan Drago. Yeah. Fucker killed Apollo Creed. He did. He did. No, Ivan Drago, uh, even, uh, his wife at that point, uh, God, what the hell was her name? you were going to ask me that you mean her in, in real life yeah uh Br brigitte nielsen brigitte nielsen um she was really typecast as a heel in a lot of the movies that she's ever been in just because she's this big strong blonde very uh domineering very you know uh i mean this presence about her it screams heel uh almost to the point where she was drag offs or uh you know the boss that yeah. she she was the emperor to his Darth Vader. She was the puppet master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, talking about her real quick and this what you just said, just based on her presentation, you knew she was a heel. She played a pretty prominent role in Beverly Hills Cop too. Yeah, and uh, was you know a big six. How how did Foley say it? Uh, six foot blonde bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, the predator comes in at number eleven. Wait, did you did you feel that he was the heel, or did you feel that he was a misunderstood hunter? <laughs> no, man. I kind of look when when he was responsible for blowing out the entire torso of Jesse the Body <laughs> Ventura. I was pretty upset about that. So yeah. Big asshole in my book. See, I couldn't, I couldn't look him as a bad guy because he was just so cool. Between all his uh, toys, his cannons, his lasers, the self-destruct thing on his wrist, 
there, there was just certain things about him where, again, I could find bigger bad guys than the Predator. Like the dude that got thrown off of Nakatomi Plaza. I mean, he was an asshole. And he better be on that list. Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. That's right. Well, Jason Voorhees is, is cracking the top ten here. <sighs> just a misunderstood soul. <laughs> um, number nine. Darth Sidious from Return of the Jedi. You're gonna um, have to you're gonna have to help me out with this. Like I've seen this movie one time in my life because I had to. So I dude, couldn't tell you, you know. So in the war of what's better, Star Trek and Star Wars, I'll take Star Wars. But if I could be at all honest with you, I've maybe watched the Star Wars movies once or twice. Sorry. Just because, yeah. Uh, I my fandom was very limited. I was more into the toys than I was the movies. If that makes any sense. Oh, for sure. The toys. Listen, I didn't give a fuck about the movies, but you couldn't walk into a toy store in the 1980s without like a good more than a quarter of a toy aisle was all Star Wars from top to bottom. And they had some very cool shit all in the Millennium Falcon and all these play sets and all the action figures and all that stuff. I didn't. I mean, I was aware of it, and if I had any inclination, any interest in that genre, not necessarily the movie itself, but just the science fiction genre, I probably would have flocked to that. Much like G.I. Joe, if I had an, you know, this passion for the military, and think not, and I'm not shitting on the military, so don't anybody take that <laughs> out of context, but as far as a cartoon and as far as toys go... G.I. Joe was not on my radar. I right. knew about it. I respected that. That's as far as it went. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. The toys were cool, so I, I, I get it. I just couldn't tell you much about anything else as far as Star Wars, the actual movies, go. I can give you the basic outline. I can give you, you know, I can tell you that Top Gun 2 was essentially Star Wars. You know, I, I can... Do little things like that. I could tell you my favorite toy was the speeder bike and uh, the trooper that came on the speeder bike. But as far as being able to do a deep dive into Star Wars, it, I'd be swimming in the kitty end of the pool. So, yeah. Oh, you like that, did you? <laughs> Very eloquently put. Uh, number eight, the T 800, the Terminator. I would have actually said the T-1000, but, you know, I just thought that, uh, oh, Patrick. Um, Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick was a much better Terminator than Schwarzenegger. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, just look on his face when he's head down, staring straight ahead, and, like, he's chasing after him in the truck. That shit give you nightmares, man. Oh, he had a very ice, ice cold there like yeah. yeah they could not have picked a better dude to play that role he like he his little nuances it, and much like what you said all he had to do was glance up and you got and you locked in on his eyes like that's a motherfucker that's not playing with a full deck of cards right you know so i i can appreciate that for sure number seven we just talked about him hans kruber Played oh. by uh, Alan Rickman from, from Die Hard. 
You would think he would be in top three. I, I'm I, curious now. Yeah, I am too. Because like I said, I have not seen this list. So I'm seeing this for the first time. Um, Number six, Roy Batty from Blade Runner. I guess I'm going to have to watch Blade Runner. Yes, I am too. Five, Fre- Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street. No, he's not a bad guy. I mean, he was a bad guy, but people related to Freddy Krueger. Now, four uh, gets me in the feels because, you know, you you asked me the question and, like, Vader was the first one that popped out of my head, but this character came in at number three behind Vader, Skeletor, and the Joker from Batman of 1989 played by Jack Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. Played expertly by Jack Nicholson, I might add. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to jump on my uh, podium here and I'm going to go ahead and I welcome any listener to knock me off. Okay. Michael Keaton is the best Batman. Jack Nicholson is the best Joker. Better than Heath Ledger? Better than Heath Ledger. Bar none. I watched uh, that Batman with Heath Ledger and I was whatever, you know. Um, I liked Heath Ledger as an actor. I liked him in A Knight's Tale, probably the best, or 10 Things I Hate About You. That's what I'm most familiar with them. Yeah, but, you know, the the Joker, I get the stories and I get the, you know, the comparisons to Jim character or Jim Carrey as he was going into character and, you know, these deep dives into his psyche as to become the Joker. Hell, I thought the last Joker in Suicide Squad was better than Heath Ledger. So Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hey, that's that's what makes the world go around is everybody has their opinions. Um, Joker, you know, you talk about Jack Nicholson. If people recall, and they don't because they don't, really pay attention to stupid shit like this like you and I do. Jack Nicholson got top billing in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Keaton didn't and he nope. was the title character. Um people I think immediately go to Heath Ledger because of the tragedy that followed Heath Ledger. Fair. But when you're talking on straight skill and ability, you have to look at Jack Nicholson because he was comedic he was scary. He was, I mean, you could look at his face, wait till they get a little of me. And I mean, that's kind of like that Robert Patrick stare, you know, yeah. it, it sent chills up your spine. Nicholson was the quintessential Joker. And I know who's going to have a problem with this is Todd Gilbert. Michael Keaton is the best Batman. Does Todd have a different opinion of who is a better Batman? I really don't care. <laughs> My opinion's the one that matters here. <laughs> Fair enough. Todd Gilbert I mean, is a comic book nerd through and through. And I don't mean that offensively. You know, uh, I'm a nerd in my own right, but Todd, he really, like, he just went and saw this last Flash movie and he gave this big spiel on it on Facebook. And I saw, I loved it. And that's all I read. I didn't need to read anymore because I knew Todd was going to go into a deep dive. 
If I'm going to see a movie, I don't want to read about it. Yep. I'm very much the same way. I try to shy away as far as I can from people. And like, I know, you know, like I can go down my friends list or whatever. I know who's going to be writing shit about this. And I specifically make a point to not look at their shit until I go see the movie or until enough time has passed where it's not going to affect me one way or the other. Right. Cause I hate, I hate having spoilers for something like this. Um, <laughs> The, Mar- the Marvel movies, the DC movies, like everybody's got an opinion because a lot of times these are, and I know we're going on the sidebar here, but, you know, these are people that, you know, they have invested a lot of time in the comic books and all the different backstories and all the things that brought them, you know, there's five different versions of how Spider-Man became a thing, and five different versions of how Batman became a thing. And it's like, Jesus Christ. I'm not that invested in it. I'm just looking at what's presented to me in a, in, in cinematic form. That's where my fandom lies. Yep, exactly. And, you know, for me, it is Michael Keaton and everybody else plays, a, you know, a, a second, secondhand role. Ben Affleck would be number two on my list. And I know that that is, a, that is controversial, but I think he played a great Batman. He was sure as fuck better than George Clooney. See what's what's funny is is uh, I liked Bell Kilmer, so and I like what's his name portrayal of Robin. Yeah, um, uh, Chris uh, Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he but, was actually a good Robin. My I'm exactly like you. My fandom lies in the movie, not in the comics. So right. just like I, I saw the Shazam two. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I know a lot of people shit on it, but because I'm not a comic book guy, the movie appealed to me. Right. Um, number three on this list is Khan from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. I kind of, I got to go with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big Star Trek guy, but I could, I could see Shatner. Khan! You know, that's, if it made that big of an indelible impression on me, and I've only seen one Star Trek movie, and that was the search for Spock in the movie theater, then Khan actually resonates with a lot of people in their fandom. Um, number two, Tulsa Doom from Conan the Barbarian. Who? James Earl Jones. Yeah. But what was it? I didn't even know he had a name. What was his name? Tulsa Doom. T-H-U-L-S-A. Here's the problem. If I didn't know he had a name, how's he one of the best bad guys? Fair enough. I know oh. it's James Earl Jones with blue eyes. Well, James Earl Jones has a hand in the top two because coming in at number one is Darth Vader. All right, so now I have problems with this movie, or with this list. Okay. Number one, Hans Gruber at number seven should be top three. Number two, you don't mention Zool. You don't mention one of the biggest movies ever in the Ghostbusters. You don't mention Stripe from Gremlins. You don't mention, oh, God. Uh, Did they mention Biff Tannen? No. And he didn't mention Johnny Lawrence. No. And he didn't mention any of the Lost Boys. Uh, you know? No. 
Um, yeah, that list was bullshit. All right, let me see if I can find something else here. Um, uh, oh, okay. Let me run down this list for you. Okay. This is a little bit more our speed. I guess I should have done a little bit more research. Uh, there is no particular order. One, two, three, four. This is from Looper.com. Um, Ace Merrill from Stand By Me, played by Kiefer Sutherland. Ooh, you know, I wouldn't have even thought of him if you wouldn't have just said it. But that's a good one. He was a dick, man. Yeah. Um, the thing is on here. He was on our last list. Judge Doom from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Boy, that's a good one, too. Yeah. I mean, when he takes that, what was it, a shoe? And he dipped into that toxic waste, and that shoe was crying? Oh, that, that was like on the level of Bambi's mother getting killed. In the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, true story. Oh, Jesus Christ. Ed Rooney from Ferris mm. Bueller's <laughs> I should have waited until you were done drinking. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, and a real life heel at that. Yeah. Martin Mall, I, I thought he was great. I mean, well, he was in Howard the Duck. He was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He, he's been in a lot of different movies. But then he came out as a child predator. Yeah. And he's still serving time. Yeah. Uh, Biff Tannen is on is on this list. Okay. Um, Jack Torrance from The Shining. Absolutely. Because okay. that was that was creepy as fuck, too. There's one in my head. I'm waiting to see if it comes up on this list. If it doesn't come up, I'm going to bring it up to you. Remind me. Okay. And uh, I want to see what you think. Okay. Um, Johnny Lawrence. Absolutely. But it really should have been uh, Ralph Macchio. You know, Daniel LaRusso. Nope. Johnny Johnny won that tournament. That was an illegal kick to the face. (laughs) The Joker. Uh, uh, Nicholson's uh, portrayal, the Terminator, uh, Freddy Krueger, uh, the Emperor, uh, the dude from Star Wars. Yeah, Return of the Jedi. Okay. Um, Hans Gruber, and yeah. That's all they had for, for this list. Obviously, a much better list than the bullshit we just read off. But there's another one here. Let me see what this one says. A lot of them are the same. Uh, this is top 10. The Living Daylights uh, Necros. I, okay. James Bond movies? Haven't seen a fucking one of them. Either have I. Do not Never. give a shit about them. Never. I, Jason? I, it just hit me. You know who hasn't popped up on the list? Huh. Megatron. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he fucking killed Optimus Prime in the Transformers movie. How sad. You want, you want to talk about the equivalent of Bambi's mom dying. Oh, no. I got one coming up here in a minute. Okay. <laughs> uh, Predator. Hans Gruber. Uh, Ivan Drago. Scarface. Tony Montana. See, that's one of those ones where I think the people can relate to Tony Montana, and he really isn't a heel at that point. Uh, Terry Silver from Karate Kid 3. I like that, actually. Though they don't have Sensei Crease, so. Yeah. 
uh, Voorhees from yeah. uh, Friday the 13th, Terminator, and the Emperor dude from Star Wars. So, um, all right, man. Lay it on me. What's this, what's this uh, diamond in the rough here? It hit me. I have decided that this is the number one villain in all of 80s movie dump. Okay. Okay. I want to tell you a story about a little boy named Bastion who was reading this book. And he was reading about this hero named Atreyu who needed to name a princess. And in his travel, Atreyu came across the Swamp of Sadness. And his horse, Arztec, drowned in the Swamp of Sadness which is the equivalent of Bambi being killed, Bambi's mother being killed. And to be that when Atreyu is trying to pull Arztex out of the swamp of sadness and the horse drowns, <laughs> I am going to go with the nothing from the movie, the never ending story as probably one of the biggest villains in all of moviedom. It was destroying the entire planet. That's a deep cut, bro. It's a deep cut. Think about when you saw that horse drown, man. <laughs> the rock biter, the, the biggest creature in the whole movie, essentially gave up. They look like big, strong hands. And they all got sucked out of his hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um <laughs> What about the Goblin King? Oh no, he was he no. He was so entertaining. He could never be a heel. Listen, you start fucking with babies. That kind of makes you a, you know automatically a heel. No, he he put that baby in job placement. He was going to make him one of his goblins. Oh, so, <laughs> he was giving the kid a future. He was saving that baby from an uncaring sister who was supposed to watch over him. And surrounding him with loving characters like Hoggle and Worm and the Fireys. Lambreth is one of my favorite movies, for God's sakes, Jason. I mean. <laughs> I think the Goblin King was a prick. And I'm just going <laughs> to leave it at that. Listen, well, that's going to be the Gentleman Jack. Who the fuck knows at this point? I, you know. <laughs> We're going through the shit over here, pal. <laughs> yes, sir. I don't yes. know. You, you, you go, you think about the movies that really resonated with us in the 80s. I think, uh, you know who else was a pretty big asshole? And, and that Mick from um, Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf, yeah, he was a bit of a prick, wasn't he? Did not care for that some bitch at all. <laughs> well, what about what was his name? Was his name Shades? Styles. Styles. Yeah, yeah. He was a bit of a prick too. He's going yeah. on making money off his buddy's name and you know popularity. That's right. That's right. But uh, <laughs> this, I mean, yeah, we started we started this week off on a kind of a somber note, and we kind of got fired up about it. But I mean, we brought it back around and. Had a good conversation here. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I gotta go nope. see a therapist about the swamp of sadness, but you know. 
But you're right. <clears throat> there's no Megatron. No Megatron. There's, you know, there's uh No Cobra. Know, no Cobra Commander. No Destro. Yeah. Maybe we should uh, do a splinter off of this for a future episode. The top cartoon heels. I mean, yeah. And then, you know, the flip side of that coin, who are the greatest heroes in cartoons of the 1980s? Ooh, I know it wasn't the shirt tails. (laughs) (laughs) So that might be something to uh, look into. Uh, listen, make no mistake about it. Uh, Sh- Sean and I and Amy shared to to some degree. We're kind of spearheading right now. We're kind of like the three headed monster of the PFC network. And make and at least abs- my guy. Oh yeah, but listen, he's so he's so angry all the time. He is. He is. Like that's a dude that like I need to go I need to go visit this dude on his front porch <laughs> and kind of give him a different I listen, I I'm gonna he, backtrack. He is his own swamp of sadness. <laughs> <laughs> his soul is to nothing. <laughs> um I say that to say that we we have some pretty cool things happening that are in the works here. Um not just for the podcast, but I mean, I, I can throw Quad L. Edwards in, in on this too, co-host with me over on the Klaus and Q show on ONTV, which is part of our network here. Um, we've got cool things that we are working on, things that we are exploring, things that, um, you know, because I'm not going to speak for you, Sean. You You can chime in on this if you'd like, but you and I and Amy and Levi and Q, you know, we all have hopes, dreams, aspirations. We have goals for this network. And one of the things that is a reoccurring theme and a very big part of our foundation of this entire entity is we're on to something here. And we know that we're onto something here, and we but we also know that it's going to take a lot of work and dedication and and commitment, and like all of us are committed to give you, the listeners, the fans, the viewers, the absolute best that we have to offer. And we're obviously resonating because you guys kind you know keep coming back each and every week, and we certainly appreciate that support because we say it all the time. Without you, there'd be no reason for us to, to do this. So just know that we have cool shit in the works. We have things that, you know, it's going to be mind-blowing. There's going to be things that are going to be controversial. There's going to be, you know, any kind of emotion under the sun is going to be filtrated throughout all of our endeavors here on the PFC Entertainment Network. And I'm confident in our success because I've got guys like Sean and Amy and Q and Levi on board. These these are my people. This is my team. This is our team, and we're. I'm very optimistic about our future. Would you agree with that? I do agree with that. Um, you know, we're trying to come up with more ideas. You know, you got the motivational speaking on the TikTok. I'm doing the three minute nostalgia on the TikTok. Thank you for those of you who have been watching the TikTok page. Um, we're trying to do more and more. 
fact of the matter is, if you're listening and you think, hey, I could do this, then give us a shout. Get a hold of Jason Klaus or myself on Facebook. Send us a message. Give us your show ideas. Give us our give us your pitch. Let's hear what you got. You think you can do this? Let's rock and roll. Let's get it. Let's get it down on some tape and let's get you out to the public. Uh, fact of the matter is, we have a good team, but at the end of the day, we'd like to have an army because this army is just going to storm uh, the airwaves and we want to take this bitch over. So come on, join the PFC Entertainment Army and let's do this shit. Absolutely. Uh, you make a great point. I'm, I'm so glad you you framed it that way because that's something that we ha- really haven't talked about or at least opened an invitation to. If you have aspirations to host or be a part of a regular podcast and you don't know where to go or you don't think that you have what it takes to launch the show but you have a voice you have opinions you have something that you want to bring to the public to the masses we will make that a reality for you brian brian we're talking to you buddy (laughs) yeah (laughs) listen i have mentioned that to him Uh, i mean we haven't talked about it you know recently but i have hit like bro you've got so much knowledge and so much interest in a lot of cool things that it would make for a good podcast sean who the fuck were we talking to at pride in the park they it was a an older lady that carolyn everly okay she during our brief conversation with her on the day of that event she had mentioned something but she had recorded a couple different episodes for another entity or whatever for whatever reason it kind of lost steam or whatever but like that was the first day I was like, hmm, maybe we should send out the invites if you know, because she would attract a, a completely different demographic to the network. And who knows, man? Like they they tune in to listen to her show, but they're like, well, what else is available on PFC? And then they find Heatbent, they find our show, they find the real podcast, what whatever the case may be. That's how the sh- shit expands and explodes so yeah listen you can send us a dm to the face to our facebook page power tripping through the 80s or pfc entertainment network klaus to the heart at gmail.com go to klaus to the heart.net and all of our contact information is on there drop us a line we we are about providing opportunity and making people's you know dreams come true if you have a dream to start a show or be on a show or wh- whatever the case may be, reach out to us. It's not going to cost you anything but, uh, you know, time. A little and, bit of time, a little bit of dedication. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I, I don't charge people for, for this. I want to give people a platform. And that's that's how you came to, you know, to, to be on here. Other than the fact that you're one of my absolute you know, bestest friends in the whole world. But like this, this show was supposed to be a one-off on the Klaus to the Heart podcast. Let's talk about the eighties. Okay. What part? Well, we have enough content for a whole fucking show and this is what it's turned into. And it is regularly the highest rated show on our network in, in, in terms of downloads. So it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been a thing if, if you didn't ask what if, or can I? Here you know, we like, are. Like I was talking about in the beginning. 
you got a passion for something. Don't let anyone hold you back. Go ahead, because without a passion, without drive, without determination, life really isn't worth living at that point. You might as well just become a couch potato and plant your ass. So come on, drop us a line. Come up with a show idea. Let's talk. Let's brainstorm. Let's get something going. Absolutely. And uh, I I don't think we can find a better way to put a bow on this week's episode. I know you got a couple of other endeavors, you know, with eBay and things of this nature. So why don't you go ahead and get get your plugs in? You can always play the commercials, but, you know, uh, real quickly, uh, 80s Power Trip on eBay.com. Selling all kinds of older video games there. Trying to raise funds to get Emmanuel Lewis to give us the uh, the old proverbial shout-out. Uh, also, check out 3-Minute Nostalgia on the PFC Network's uh, TikTok. Uh, you know, that's kind of a cool cool deal. And I, I think we've had over 500 viewers now between yours and mine. Uh, I go over... Uh, toys of the 80s within three minutes show show a commercial you know mr t's got rings and things and oh that commercial was horrible but uh, i know how much you love the mr t songs um <laughs> made a point to, to send you a message about that great video great commercial but what the fuck man how can this dude be mr t and no matter what he's affiliated with aside from the a team theme any music that's affiliated with this dude is just absolute dog shit. How yeah. can that be? Because he treated his mama right. <laughs> I'm done. I am done. With that, go out this week. Be awesome to yourself and to each other. We'll see you right back here next week. And keep your eyes out for the bonus episode that's going to drop uh, from our live event at Backroads last night from, from the beach party. Stay tuned for that. We'll see you right back here next week on Power Tripping Through the 80s here on the PFC Entertainment Network. Hey, I'm Jason Klaus, host of the Klaus to the Heart podcast, as well as the other shows here across the PFC Entertainment Network, inviting you to join me as I go back on stage for my next live motivational event. It happens on Sunday, July the 9th, beginning at 2 p.m. from the Backroads Bar and Grill in Holly, Michigan. On that particular occasion, I will be talking about, is this day one, or are you waiting for one day? We're going to talk about it live, Backroads Bar and Grill, free motivational live stage event. We hope you will join us as we try to inspire each other and ourselves as we move forward to live our best life. It's Klaus to the Heart Live. It happens Sunday, July the 9th, beginning at 2 p.m. Backroads Bar and Grill in Holly, Michigan.